the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to my mommy and her friends on Trails and Testimonies. Come on, y'all. Let's go. Welcome to Trails and Testimonies. My name is Kim Fitz. You can follow me on Instagram or you can follow Trails and Testimonies on Facebook. It is wild how God always lines up these amazing testimonies and chats that I am so blessed to be able to feature. It's just crazy how God lines them up and how they break down. October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And the beautiful guest that we are able to feature on today's interview is Carrie Kite. And we didn't go to any specific trail like we usually hike. We just went right to her property, which was a trail in and of itself. We got to pet horses and chickens and walk the dirt road and chat about her infertility, infant loss, and then the beautiful rainbow babies that came afterwards. So her story is one of love and loss and awareness this month. So come hiking with us, strap on your boots, and let's hear Carrie's strong and beautiful testimony. And so here we are with our beautiful friend, Carrie, on her amazing property. I am loving the horses. You have ducks, you have chickens, cats. Am I missing anything? I have a dog inside, but he's obnoxious, so he'll stay there. (laughs) So so while we're recording, you're going to be inside. (laughs) But usually it is on an actual trail for trails and testimonies, but this is most certainly a trail. And as you can hear with the train in the background, I love that we are in the country. And Carrie, thank you so much for being on Trails and Testimonies. Thank you for having me. Your testimony really just jumps off. It does. I mean, it really does. Go dogs. You were in. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you were in college I at was. Georgia. Yes, ma'am. And um, just got way back in the day. Um, it was a long distance to even call my mommy. And so I just got really homesick for her. I had just met the boy that is now my husband of um, 21 years. I had just gotten home from visiting uh, right after Christmas. So in January, it had just gotten to the point where long distance was no longer enough for us. Calling on the phone or, you know, because we didn't have cell phones, so we didn't text and we couldn't FaceTime There was a social then. media. There was not. I mean, was the internet really? Yeah, it was a thing. I just packed my car one day left a note on the table for my parents. I was 18, um, so they couldn't stop me. But, you know, looking back, I wish I had done that differently because I think my mother had a heart attack that day. What does the note say? It just said, hey, Mom, Dad, I just can't be away from him anymore. I've gone to Texas. I don't know how long it'll be. It may be for a week. It may be for a month or forever. I don't know. XOXO page me. Yes. (laughs) And so you drove straight to Texas. Straight to Texas. 12 hour drive. And what happened after that? After some 
choice words on the phone between my parents and myself. Um, they came to accept it. They came to visit me for, you know, a few days to a week at a time over the two years that I lived there. Um, and I got to come home. They would send me money to come home because I was a broke kid trying to make it on her own. And But after Christopher graduated, I said, I want to go home. So we did. And we got married here in Georgia, and we've been here ever since. And this was really his home as well. I was his home, and he was mine. And so I was three weeks away from being 21, and he was like a month and a half away from being 22. So we were babies when we got married. But I know all the parents were very excited, very they proud. They were. They were. Yeah, we, after we got married, it was less than six months before we were able to purchase our own home all by ourselves and, and with no help from our parents. So yeah, they were, they were very proud of us. Now we wish we could go back and change that beginning. But isn't it but funny that we'll look at what we thought was our plan and go, oh, well, no, God had a different plan. He, he does. Yes, the Lord has his ways. And he tells us that his way of thinking is higher than ours. And his ways are higher than ours. And sometimes it takes a lifetime. I'm still learning. Thankfully, he intervened. Thank you, Jesus. He <laughs> intervened. Mercy. 18 years old, acting like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> but I think that's 18. I mean, that was it me is, at 18. It yeah. is. Thankfully, my oldest is 17. She'll be 18 in January. Thank God she's not like me at that age. <laughs> she is amazing and she is brilliant. Y'all have done a very good job. I'll take the most responsibility for that. Thank you very much. Christopher, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got married. We did. And then you stayed in Georgia, or did you move? Yes, we stayed in Georgia. Um, we Our first home we purchased in Jackson, Georgia, which is not far from here. Like I said, our plan was we'll wait until we can buy a home to start a family. And since we were able to purchase our home so soon after we got married, we said, okay, let's throw away this birth control and start trying. And nothing, and nothing for almost three years. Those were hard years, the waiting, but mainly because we had lost a baby already. Um, not long after our, I moved to Texas, about six months after that, we had found out we were pregnant and I knew for two days my miscarriage started. And when you're not quite 19 years old and you're over 800 miles away from your mommy, as a young lady, we need our mommies, even then. So fast forward, years and years are going by, and you're like, well, maybe I just can't. It was about two and a half years after trying, and I was so young, because remember, I got married right before I turned 21 years old. A specialist didn't want to help me, because I was too young to be worried about not being able to get pregnant. That's not an issue that young people have. And so it took a couple of years to find a doctor that was willing to say, let's figure out what's wrong. You're too young for this to be an issue. And so I was finally diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. It is an endocrine system disorder that makes it very difficult to get pregnant. As I now know, it makes it very difficult to stay pregnant when you are finally able to conceive. And so 
thank the Lord that I found this doctor. I was able to start on some medication, which makes no sense except for that this is an endocrine system disorder. I was put on a diabetic medication because this disorder can make you insulin resistant. And um, I had gained about, oh, I don't know, 40, 50 pounds after our wedding. I'm barely five foot tall. That, That puts on a lot of pounds on a small frame. And so I was on that medication for about a month, lost 25 pounds. I was a substitute teacher at the schools. And the last day of school, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> so it was, it was amazing. I was nervous because of that one loss. How is this going to turn out? And what turned out is I had a lot of complications. I was a high-risk pregnancy because of my condition. And Chrislyn was born five weeks early because I had preeclampsia, which is something that is very common as well for someone with my condition. Um, She was perfect. She needed no intervention. She needed no oxygen even. She was just completely healthy but tiny. Four pounds. <laughs> Which, but for five weeks early to not need any other assistance. That's incredible. Correct. Yes. And so that so, little girl that we were talking about earlier that is 17, she's 17. and she's incredible. That was 17 that, years yes, ago. 17 years That's ago. That's Chrislyn. That is Chrislyn. And so from there, we're enjoying her every single second of her because she was exactly what I asked God for when I asked for a child. And he promised me that child. And I clung to that scripture in first Samuel for this child. I prayed. And I know that Samuel means so much to you too. That verse. I should have had Kleenex. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, so she's been amazing. We just enjoyed every second of it. And when she was about two, we said, let's, let's go for number two. She wants a baby. She wants a baby sister so bad. Again, years and years of trying and specialists and and medication, nothing. And Chrislyn was about to start kindergarten. So this is three years after um, we had gone on vacation. And on the next morning when we got home, I was feeling like I had a kidney stone. Chrislyn's Grammy was visiting with us, so I said, Grammy, I'm going to just run to the doctor, going to see if they can give me some medication for this kidney stone. I'll be back about an hour. And I got there, and she checked me out. She asked me some questions and said, "Um, Carrie, is there any way you could be pregnant? And I said, oh, no, ma'am. I just started my cycle yesterday. And she said, Carrie, I need you to go to the restroom and, and do a test for me, please. And I was like okay. I was so confused. I just told her there wasn't. Why is she not believing? I, 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 I didn't understand what was going on. She pops her little head back in. Her eyes were wide as saucers. I'll never forget the look on her face. She said, honey, it's positive. This is not a kidney stone. And I said, excuse me, what does this mean? I don't. She said, this is classic signs of an ectopic pregnancy. We need to get you to an ultrasound right away. We have to make sure that your fallopian tube hasn't ruptured. And so I did. And blood tests after blood tests had to do a couple days in a row because they were checking hormone levels. I had just left Chrislyn in her classroom for the first day of kindergarten when my phone rang. And the doctor said, darling, this is indeed an ectopic pregnancy. We saw 
the pregnancy in the in the right fallopian tube. And um, fortunately, it has not ruptured. You are not losing blood, but your hormone levels are indicative of an ectopic pregnancy, of a non-viable pregnancy. I need you to go to the pharmacy and take the medication that I've prescribed for you to induce your miscarriage. And um, I just cried out to God, why again? I can't do this. God, I fasted and prayed. You sent an evangelist straight to me personally. There was a whole stage full of people and he came over to me and he told me, God hasn't forgotten you. And I told God in some choice words that I had not said in years, if this is how you remember me, then you can keep that because I am done it was the most intense and extreme physical pain I've ever felt in my life. And my soul was shattered. Mainly because I had to tell my little girl that I couldn't give her a baby sister. And we had to weather that as a family of three in a way that I'd never thought. Chrislyn's whole life, and her pre-K teacher will tell you her whole life had been sunshine and unicorns and rainbows and this was her first experience with a loss. And at five, I'm sure she didn't truly grasp that. But I was almost 30 at this point. I had planned that my children would be a couple years apart and that I would be young and it would, I would be done making my family. And um, like we said earlier, God and his plans are different. And I'm a planner. I'm an organizer. I'm a list person. I have things that I have to check off by a certain day and time. And that makes my heart happy. It calms my anxiety. Number one, make a list. Check. Check. Done. (laughs) Next. I'll make a list for the grocery store and I'll leave it at home. And I'm like, no, my list. I can't do it. So yes, I completely understand. I'm trying to plan and be organized. And God says, "Eh." And God said, girl, please (laughs) let me handle this. And I didn't want him to. And I said, no, keep your hands off my plans, God, because I'm I'm just not digging the way this is going. I can't do this. And not long after that, Christopher and I decided, you know, we had talked about adopting before we were even married as we were dating. It's something that we both always felt called to. And we said, you know, maybe this is a, a good time to start that process. I called the 1-800 number for the local department, family and children's services. And we started right away. I think we started in March. And by the beginning of June, all they were waiting on was our family reference letters. And we said, okay, sweet. God then sent me three dreams. And I kept asking Christopher, please, 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 please let me get some baby furniture to put in this room that we're making for some babies. And he said, now, darling, you know that we probably won't get a baby. You know, if you go through the foster system, it's going to be children that are a little older, maybe toddlers. But, you know, Kristen was six, seven at this point. We wanted them to be younger than her. We wanted her to keep her big sister status. I'm looking at baby clothes, and he's like, please don't do this to yourself, baby. I can't stand for you to be let down yet again. So what were the dreams? Oh, God sent me another one. I had one, and I was doing all this baby nonsense, and he's like, no. (laughs) And so then the next week, I had the very same dream. 
And so I needed to tell him about it. So he didn't think I was crazy and I'm just making things up. I said, this is the second dream. I had one last week. It's the same one. And our caseworkers are calling me saying, Mr. and Mrs. Kite, we have a brand new black baby girl in the hospital for you. You want to come get her? And I was like, I just thought that was odd twice in a row. And he said, now, baby, you just need to calm down. You need to relax. He's always telling me to calm down. Has, have you it doesn't e- always has it, work. Has it ever worked when you tell a woman to calm down? No. Uh, every single time. I mean. And so <laughs> then once again, the very next week, I had that same dream. And I said, I, I mean, I woke up. It was like 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm smacking him. Honey, honey, baby, calm down. I had that. <laughs> I had that dream again. And he just looks at me. First of all, he's a booger to wake up in the morning. And so he's looking at me like I'm crazy for waking him up. Number one, telling him about this dream again. And I said, do you think, you know, we're about to go on vacation for a week. Do you think we should call DFAX and, and tell them this, you know, and he's like, no, because if they have something for us, then they won't call if we're not home. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And it was just to visit my family in Ohio. And we were there for a week like we do every summer. And I get a phone call. And it's, you know, we're in the country in the middle of cornfields of Ohio. And so I'm trying to get the staticky phone reception. And um, they're like, Mrs. Kite, Mrs. Kite, this is so-and-so from DFAX. We have a brand new black baby girl in the hospital. Do you want her? Are you in? And I was like, girl, give me a minute. I'm in Ohio. Let me figure out how to get home. Yes, we want her. Please wait for us. And so we had driven up with my parents to Ohio from Georgia. So we didn't even have our vehicle. This was 2010. So airline tickets were outrageous because gas prices were outrageous at this time, which is why we drove up to Ohio with my family. So we were saving on gas. That night, I was just sobbing in bed. She needs her mama. She needs her mama. The next morning, we woke up, rented a car, drove back to Georgia to get our brand new baby girl from the hospital. We drove from Columbus, Ohio to Columbus, Georgia to get baby number two. And what did Christopher say when your dream came to fruition? He said, don't you even tell me I told you so. And I was like, but I did. Three times I told you so. And he was like, I cannot even believe this. So we didn't have a thing for the baby. We had to go buy a car seat. We had to go buy clothes and hair bows and all the things. And And isn't um, it so funny? Because you can almost hear God saying the same thing. Yeah, girl, I told you. I told you. If you would have just (laughs) waited and just listened. Mm. I feel like my adult life has just been filled with loss. I told you earlier, all of my babies are rainbow babies. And so you've heard about the first two losses and the first two babies. I had a loss in 1997 and then Chrislyn came in 2003. I had a loss in 2009 and Kylie came in 2010. And we were just enjoying, enjoying these girls. As you know, Kylie is a handful. She had so many Uh, medical issues, but God redeemed all of those as well, hasn't he? She has done everything the doctors told us she would never be able to do. She would never hear or speak or move or walk or run. And she does all of those things. And quite well. And quite well. (laughs) 
and with quite amount of flair <laughs> and sass. And so all of these things, these losses, these deep soul splitting losses, God said, watch me, watch me redeem these for you. Look how great and how vast my love is for you. And so we were just so thrilled with our lives. Then in 2014, my birthday was coming up. We had just celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary and went on a little trip. And we had received a present on that little trip that I didn't know about until the day before my birthday, which was three weeks after our anniversary. And I um, woke up one morning and I said, honey, I think I've got another kidney stone. And then my something in my spirit just said, go check. You have a pregnancy test under the sink. Please go check. And so I did. And when I started sobbing, Christopher knew. And we dropped the girls off with his mother and went straight to the emergency room. And on my um, 36th birthday, I had surgery to remove my right fallopian tube because once again, there was an ectopic pregnancy and this time it had ruptured. I was bleeding internally. As I was being wheeled to surgery, well-meaning texts and nurses, oh, happy birthday, Miss Carrie. And all I could do is smile through my tears. I couldn't even get the words thank you out because at that point I was grateful for nothing. And I remember um, my daddy was there with Christopher as they put sedation medicine into my IV before I went into surgery. And I remember telling God, I told you I couldn't do this again. I told you. But I tell you something, when I got home, because it was a day surgery, they sent me home that day, and I was in an extreme amount of pain, so much so, I couldn't even walk. God whispered, see how much I love you, as my husband carried me to the restroom and helped me and carried me back. And at that point, I just wanted him to shut up, and I didn't want to hear him tell me anything. And I'm just being 100% transparent and honest here. This is how I felt. And I clung to the love of my husband without realizing at the time that it was the love of the father at the same time. Surrounded by the love of our homeschool group family and our church family. But that loss, I couldn't see past. I didn't see how that could ever be redeemed. Because I had half of the equipment internally to ever have another baby. I was 36 years old. My time was running out in my head. And so with that dream and that promise that I thought had died, we just went forward with a new dream. And it was to purchase this property that that we're sitting at today. We were able to do that in 2015. I was able to buy my girls their own ponies I had even went and bought myself a pony, honey. I said, Mama's getting in on this this horseback riding action. We had had a fun little um, housewarming party where all our friends and family came. Papa drove the hayride and bobbing for apples and a bonfire and s'mores and all the things. All the country living things. And all the things that we're looking forward to this season And this was a new season. I had let that dream and that promise be buried. And I thought, okay, I'm okay. I'm going to enjoy the two beautiful girls that God has given me. I cannot dwell on the pain and the loss anymore. That's what I felt like my whole adult life was, was just loss and pain. 
And girl, I got m- my first little ride on my pony, and something felt so weird inside my body. I'm very in tune with my body because of how it dysfunctions. And so uh, there or was functions. or <laughs> it's a mess. And so there was something different. Christopher's birthday was coming up, and so we were planning all kinds of things for that too. And I said, you know what? I have another one of those pregnancy tests under my sink. Something's different. And I went and I sent the girls to their little playroom and they had a snack. So they were fine. And I ran into my bathroom and hid and doggone if that pregnancy test didn't pop up positive. How? I was 37 years old. I had just turned 37. I had half the plumbing that you need to conceive. I'm sitting here. God, you're not funny. I said, Lord, mm. and so I panic a little because that's what I do. You know, that I just do that. And I called my sister-in-law and I was like, hey, I'm having some girl issues. Can you give me the name of your doctor? Because at this point, I didn't even have a doctor for those things, those girl things anymore, because I didn't think I needed one ever again. And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so I called them and I'm like, listen, here's my history. I know you don't need to know this 10 minute long history of what I'm telling you right now, but I'm panicking. I don't stay pregnant. I need to be seen so the doctor can help me stay pregnant this time. And they're like, well, honey, we don't really do that until you're certain. I said, I don't know how far along I am. If I told you the date of my last cycle, you would think I'm eight months pregnant right now. So, um, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. And so (laughs) I was like, okay, but every time I found out I was pregnant, I was in pain. And this time I was not. And every time I found out I was pregnant, I was bleeding. And this time I was not. And I said, you know what, God, I will enjoy every second. Even if I am in pain and bleeding tomorrow, I'm going to enjoy every little millisecond of this that you allow me to have because I didn't think this was possible. I said, we're going to make this fun. And so I made up this little graphic that said, trick or treat, smell my feet. Our family's growing by two little feet. Had a little pumpkin on it because it was almost Halloween and it was close to Christopher's birthday. He was on his way home from work. I said, honey, I have an early birthday present for you. You want to see it? And he's like, heck yeah, because he was thinking it was a bucket full of snickerdoodles. You know, my cookies that I always make. Or I got a pony. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yes, ma'am, I do. I said, you can decide if you want to share with the girls. And he's like, oh, man, do I have to? And I was like, well, I'll let you decide. So I texted him and I think the darling almost wrecked on Highway 36 out there because he was almost home. So he stops. And he pulls over and he calls me and he's like, are, are you serious? Is this real? Like, are you kidding me right now? And he's like, hang on, I'll call you right back. So boyfriend gets on the phone and starts calling the doctor. And he's like, I don't think that you understand, Dr. So-and-so. I need her to have an appointment right now. Are you open late? Because we're coming. We had to wait, which is the story of my life, obviously, for a few weeks to go and have that doctor's appointment luckily because of my date issues they went ahead and did a an ultrasound and there was bitty bitty old Kevin at six weeks 
gestation. And he had the due date of his sister's birthday. And we were like, oh, she ain't gonna like that very much. Because we did tell the girls. Chrislyn was so excited. And Kylie said, Mama, you don't need another baby. I'm your baby. I'm the baby. What do we need another baby for? And it was her birthday. And it was her birthday that he, that he was going to okay. be coming to. And so the doctor said, yeah, we'll, we'll work that out. <laughs> well, because I would have to have a repeat C-section because Chrislyn was five weeks early and I had to have an emergency cesarean with her. And so we knew a, another cesarean would be planned. Yeah, and then Kevin decided he was coming nine weeks early instead. And so little boy came in at three pounds, nine weeks early, and um, he would not breathe. He was... Not intubated. Thankfully, they were able to get a CPAP on him instead. Couldn't touch him. For I could how, only. For how long could you, after giving birth, not touch him? We, I could touch and place my finger on his skin, but I could not rub. I could not squeeze, just because their little skin is still so fragile at that point. Um, but the day I had him, till the day I got to hold him in my arms, was nine days. I was released after three days after my cesarean section and walking out of the hospital doors without your baby, a little bit of that fear and panic of loss set in. Luckily, my parents only lived about 10 minutes away from the hospital. And so I was able to go back and forth very easily to see him. I had some very, very dear friends that helped with the girls. And my daddy was retired at this point and he helped with the girls. So I was able to be with my boy. And he was able to go home 30 days before his due date. Now, he was still only a whopping five pounds at that point. But he was healthy. But they like to do this thing where the boys like to hold their breath and scare everybody and make all the alarms go off. And (laughs) so I think my daddy, we almost had to pick him up off the floor the first time he came in to see Kevin in the NICU because he pulled one of those little stunts. Does he still do that? Hold his breath and just, oh, oh just kidding. no, now he screams with every ounce of his breath. <laughs> Praise God. <Mercy>. Praise God. Yes. <laughs> yes. And how old is he now? Kevin is four. And so my plan of having my babies two to three years apart and being young, coming in at now 42 years old, and my children are 17, 10, and four, God had his way. I wouldn't have it any other way. But Lord have mercy, did I pitch a baby fit, kick, scream, just be like, God, what are you doing? As I think, honestly, anyone would. I mean, I'm just being honest. Right. I was a big baby about it. And I don't know why he loves me like he does. But he does with such an everlasting and redeeming love in every loss that I had. He redeemed just like my soul was lost and he gave everything to redeem me and to allow me to be that spoiled brat of his that he still loves regardless of me lashing out because I was in pain. He knows that pain. He lost his own son and he watched the face of his son as he took his last breath. And luckily I was spared of that. My heart and my prayers go out to every mother who has ever had to bury a child. And my mother lost her first baby as well. My sister is buried next to my grandmother. And my grandmother, um, my mom lost when she was only 18 years old. I look at her and see the grace and the dignity that she survived her pain 
in her prayers for me to feel the father's love and her love towards me is what got me through. If she could do it with such beauty and grace, then I can. I didn't do it with as much beauty and grace as she did. Because like I said, I'm a brat. But I made it. And I'm here. And I have all three of my angels in heaven waiting for me. And I have all three of my babies here on earth with me. We're going to have a huge mansion in heaven when we get there. Because that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kiddos. kiddos. (laughs) And you have an amazing property here with the lake and all the ducks and the chickens and the horses. But can you imagine that mansion and that paradise? I can't wait. I have a feeling it might look a little something like this. I think so. Just with more, more little people. And we always like to end on an encouraging, happy note. It's happy trails. Absolutely. To you. Yes. So with that loss and with that love that you went through, what was the encouraging quote that you held on to the entire time? One of my very favorite scripture of all time is in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, which is ironic because my husband's birthday is October 23rd. But Hebrews ten twenty three tells us to hold on unswervingly to the hope that we profess because he that promised us is faithful and he is he never makes a promise that he doesn't keep and he is that forever hope that we can hold on to when we're in pain when we've lost it seemingly everything and if he promised us he's gonna get us through and he has he will because he doesn't break his promise and our faith is secure in that hope from him in the word unswervingly unswervingly i like that i do too now let's go play with your babies let's go remember to subscribe right i guess that's it guys bye then